Tonight's narrative is made possible by viewers like you and Hover.com, an easy way to find and register a domain name. Use promo code REACH to get 10% off. talked a lot about Guo Wengi, who's a Chinese spy. I mean, there are some people who suspect that he isn't. All my research and now the New Yorker's research is pretty, pretty clear that Guo Wengi is a Chinese spy and has been for a very long time. But last time we also spoke about the thing that he built with Steve Bannon, which was an incredibly complicated and intricate social media network where they had all these ant farms. This is their terminology, where each farm had a group of people that were being paid be in that farm or getting some sort of reward. And they were given orders on a farm by farm basis every day to do certain things on social media, like, you know, push certain storylines or not push certain storylines or push certain celebrities or not. I mean, basically manipulating the social media system. A lot of countries have done this or tried to do it. It's not been very well described that China has did this and that Guo Wengi was the guy who pulled it off with Steve Bannon. These guys pushed all the main propaganda that happened during the Trump years, from COVID to vaccines to January the 6th to stop the steal. This was a huge enterprise. He also hired Steve Bannon for a million dollars a year. I showed you that contract last time. Pretty lucrative. And it's a contract that is being signed with a Chinese spy making an asset out of Steve Bannon, at least, if not an agent out of Bannon. Don't anyone argue the fact that Mr. Bannon is not working for the Chinese and was working with the Chinese all along during his years before the White House and into the White House. So they captured Steve Bannon, maybe many years earlier, but they also landed up recruiting a whole lot of other people or at least assigning a whole lot of their assets into the White House during the Trump years. It's depressing, really, when you think about it, but it'll certainly make you understand exactly why we landed up with the president that we did in Donald Trump. Guo Wengi control and influence the network of media figures, content creators, and this publishing platform that he used, this social media accounts, nonprofits, brands, financial schemes, a faux government, and more, all under the guise of a global socio-political movement. That's just the enterprise that he was running with Steve Bannon. He also tried to buy out the anti-China Center for Security Policy with a large donation, which they rejected. He's an FBI informant, although some FBI officials say he's not to be trusted, and the CIA absolutely says he should not be trusted. And former Homeland Security Chief Jay Johnson, in fact, turned down a lucrative offer to work for him because he did Ooh. some research into him. And then there's really no accounting for his lifestyle. You know, supposedly he was a billionaire when he lived in China, but he didn't get to keep any of that money. So how did he get oh. all this money to buy a $67 million apartment and also a Mar-a-Lago membership? Apparently his real assets were liquidated in China for pennies. Certainly a lot of questions around whether he was even wealthy at all. Then, of course, this new article from The New Yorker this week, he acknowledged that he had been a longtime affiliate of China's all-pervasive Ministry of State Security. The agency, he said, had tasked him with handling things for them and connecting them with sensitive <laughs> figures abroad, traveling on 11 different passports and employing the codename Wu. Even more startling, he subsequently became himself an enemy of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, I don't know what our counterintelligence people were doing when this was happening, because if they merely had him on as 
informant during this time and not prosecuting him for all the other stuff he was doing. I don't understand how that works. And then there was a lawsuit against him, which he won lawsuits, but the, the judge was at pains to say that it does not mean that he wasn't what they were claiming he was, because what they claimed he was a dissident hunter, a propagandist, and an agent in service of the People's Republic of China. How much division he and Steve Bannon were able to introduce into America during the Trump years because of their very intricate network, but also because they had all these people on the payroll. Steve Bannon, we've mentioned the million dollar contract. Rudy Giuliani, Michael Flynn, Al Lynn Wood, Mike Lindell, and Peter Navarro got money out of one of these organizations. This is the federal state of China. Bannon came up with this idea of a federal state of China, which would be an anti-CCP organization in the West. It turns out that they landed up being mostly an anti-democratic party in the United States organization, because that's basically all they pushed for the whole period of time. These guys had all the main players in all of this in their pocket. All these supposed anti-communists on the payroll of a communist party agent. These are all the key figures in Stop the Steal, all the key figures in January the 6th, all the key figures who pushed all the crap about COVID vaccines and about the myths around COVID. These are the people that they had, and they are all the key people who surrounded Donald Trump during those four horrid years when he was the president of the United States. It's almost like when we moved our manufacturing over there, we put so much cash in their pocket that they decided to try and remake the Chinese empire as the number one power in the world as it had been in different points in history with the money we gave them in exchange for not competing with them militarily, which was the, that was the AB decision. Do we compete with these guys as a military power or do we engage with them economically and win world peace that way? Well, we went with the latter. And so they took that cash and attacked us with it. They're not interested in competition. They're interested in taking over America. They want to see a complete takeover of the country. And that's why they had this organization corrupt all these people somehow and put them into the White House, or maybe they were corrupted before, who knows. But have all these individuals surrounding the president of the United States, it almost makes you wonder if the president of the United States at the time was also a Chinese agent or asset. I'll play you an ad that I first published in 2019. This is when we first got suspicion that maybe she and Trump were in bed together. This was around COVID. This whole yeah. welcome, you know, it was so splashy. And then, of course, the payoff line here, Trump owed China $200 million. Does she own Trump? And, of course, when you look at the number of people now in his administration that were agents or assets of, of the Chinese state through Guo Wengi, you get the feeling that maybe he did own Trump. And maybe he did own Trump for that $200 million that he owed him. And this has not been covered. The big fear amongst MAGA Republicans is that America turns into China, into Marxist China. And here they are, the very essence of the thing they fear the most. And they're the ones pushing it themselves. In Georgia, we found out that the Republican Party is using WeChat 
to communicate. It's a Beijing application. You share the communications to MSS and, and, and Governor Kemp approved farmland to be sold to China. So did the Missouri Republican Party. But in Georgia, they approved farmland next to freaking military bases, which we have a bunch of really sensitive military bases in Georgia. So, yeah, it's a problem. This is how it looked like when they were trying to push something like hydroxychloroquine. Remember, there was this weird thing. Then suddenly the president of the United States wanted everyone to get hydroxychloroquine for COVID, even though no doctor in the world seemed to agree with him. The story originated out of Guo's network, G News, one of his operations. It basically is them arguing for hydroxychloroquine. They send this out into their ant farm where they get amplified all the way across all social media, especially amongst people in the GOP. So the GOP and especially the QAnon crowd pick this up a lot. At the same time, they've got Laura Ingram of Fox News also going to the president of the United States with her people. Now, Fox News, of course, Rupert Murdoch. We discussed this in the earlier episodes of Fox News and Rupert Murdoch were compromised by the Chinese. And then you've got Mr. In charge of COVID, Peter Navarro in the White House, an actual public official and paid for by the American people who is a communist agent. And he's humping hydroxychloroquine to the president. So by the time he gets on stage at one of his daily press conferences, He's completely hyped up about the stuff, hydroxychloroquine. This is just one of the kind of ecosystems that they were able to build during that period of time. This comes from a report by Graphica, which is a very detailed investigation into Guo and Gi. By the end of December, the Guo media network was actively promoting the January 6th rally in Washington, D.C. across multiple platforms and entities, as well as using hashtags such as Stop the Steal alongside Take Down the CCP. During the rally and subsequent attack, on the Capitol building, the network promoted multiple live streams on GTV and other platforms and shared videos supporting the patriots involved in the movement. In the hours and days following the attack, the network was quick to amplify conspiratorial narratives alleging the violence was the work of Antifa at the behest of the CCP, peaceful in comparison to Black Lives Matter protests and connected to Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. Another video compared the supposed infiltration of the rally by Antifa to undercover saboteurs who had allegedly co-opted the 2019-2020 Hong Kong protests. Guo himself released a video downplaying events in DC, arguing that they were nothing compared to what his followers had experienced in China. And these are the people he had on his payroll. The very people who set up all of Stop the Steal on January the 6th, on his payroll and he's pushing all these narratives on his network and he's providing all these live streams and giving them the narratives that they should use as they attempt a coup of the United States of America. And Trump obviously goes along with it and Guo is still a free man as far as I know. I don't know why this doesn't show up in the January 6th committee investigations. I don't get this part. It should have. I like that they deal in fact. They have some opinion. They have some people giving their experience. This is something that involves a lot of counterintelligence, a lot of military intelligence to really understand. And that's something that elected officials might get briefed, you know, behind the scenes by experts, by guys from the Pentagon, by the National Security Council, or whoever's the originating agency that came up with the analysis. Good not to do that on live TV. Because you had people that were so swayed by this entire propaganda ecosystem that was created by countries, probably funded primarily by China, if we do the math. People were so snowed by all of this that I think the January 6th hearings really helped show people video on primetime of like, here's these people who were screaming to kill Nancy Pelosi. These people smashing things. No, this is not a hoax. This happened. And they just repeated the same message to just, sometimes the truth takes a lot of banging, right? 
That's what we've been well, doing. Also, I mean, yeah, they were focusing on Donald Trump, which of course he's right because he was the guy in charge. But now we know clearly influenced by this Guo Wengi network and this vast array of social media manipulation tools, but also these people that were in his immediate circle. But he went along with this knowingly, probably. And that's shocking. Hi there, it's Zev from Narrative. Have you ever had a great business idea, but just didn't know where to start? Well, one of the first steps to building a new business is a domain name by Hover. That's because it's more important than ever to have an online presence and your domain name by Hover is your first step in building your online brand. Hover.com makes it quick and easy to find the perfect domain name for your business with over 400 available extensions. And with their connect feature, you can easily connect your Hover domain name to many popular website builders with just a few clicks. Plus, Hover offers free Who Is Privacy. That's free Who Is Privacy that protects your personal information from being released online. Don't let the complicated search, sign-up, and connection process of other domain providers stop you from starting your online brand today. Hover makes it easy to get started. So what are you waiting for? Find your perfect domain name at hover.com forward slash reach. Plus, Narrative Live viewers get 10% off right now. If you use the promo code REACH, that's R-E-A-C-H, or go to hover.com forward slash reach. I'm less concerned about their influence on him because mm. I think the funny thing about Trump is everybody thinks they own him and we're not sure who does. He's a chaotic kind of figure. I'm concerned about the Americans that were surrounded through social media companies by these narratives, by the legacy media companies, television, radio, that were pushing narratives from Chinese intelligence services, Russian intelligence services, anyone's intelligence service, trying to get them to believe that overthrowing the constitution was a good thing, that attacking the Capitol was totally appropriate to thing to do to protect the country, that taking a dump in Nancy Pelosi's office was a good thing. All that was pushed by these people. These people influenced our neighbors and they really need to stop and they really need to pay for that. This is instructional looking at all these foreign intelligence operatives that influenced this process. It certainly lets you realize that there is a world stage on which this battle for democracy is being fought. And it's not just January the 6th and it ends there. It's a Correct. continuing fight that we're having around the world. We're fighting in Ukraine right now, and the people of Ukraine are fighting against Russia. We may see the same thing open up in Taiwan. The world is at war over this notion of democracy versus autocracy. Jan 6 was just a little tiny splash in the pond of what's really going on in this global fight between these two systems of rule. Almost like a global progressive movement over centuries where we hold these truths to be self-evident that mm. all human beings are created equal and endowed by nature to have equal rights, to pursue happiness and to have freedom and to have the rule of law. And it's almost like when we started this country, we were not living up to that. We had slavery, we had chattel, we treated women and pretty much everybody about like 10 guys, we treated terribly, right? And we get better every year. And you know, then France did the same thing. Kennedy and all its complexity and all its different nations and cultures is making progress of one form or another. I think we've made great been. progress in 200 years. This was a real, like January 6th was the illiberal forces of the world pushing on the United States to go backwards. Yeah and to say, you are no better than we are. In fact, you're just like us. And in fact, we're not. And it's exactly why people who are voting for the GOP are voting for 
autocracy. They are not voting for a different version of democracy. They are voting to be like the people in China or like the people in Russia, where they're subjected to enormous restrictions on their freedom. This is not the system of rule that anyone could possibly choose over democracy. Yet Americans are somehow going to the polls and are willing to vote for Republicans. It's just they are not getting the full story and they need to get the full story. Yeah, I mean, it's whether it's about voting for Republicans or not, we need to reinforce democratic principles. We need to bring civics class back in high school. We need to have a national holiday for voting. Every time there's a chance to vote, you get the day off. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense. Some people are also saying, well, you know, still that doesn't explain why Mary Garland has not indicted all these people. But in fact, you really have to look at this global stage. Has China got leverage against other players that they're trying to use? The Mar-a-Lago case is an interesting one, especially considering that Guo is a member of Mar-a-Lago and that it appears like Trump may have been beholden to the Chinese somehow. We don't know what other factors could be playing out in the world stage. Not that it should impact the process of indicting a president or anybody else, but ultimately one's got to be a realist about it. There's been so much corruption, so many other places, Maybe it's not to shallow grave territory as in St. Louis, but maybe it is in parts where at the FBI, where it's really bad. And let's say you are trying to investigate something while corrupt forces are impacting you. Maybe it's hard to arrest and bring a full prosecution that is fair and that is going to make it in a court of law if you've got corruption in law enforcement. So for everybody that is impatient about some of these guys not being arrested, trust us, me and Zev probably. If you believe Franklin Foyer's reporting on his interview with Merrick Garland, his suggestion is that Merrick Garland doesn't necessarily believe that it's going to be as easy a case to get the president on January the 6th, and he is really going to indict him on Mar-a-Lago, which is a much simpler, straightforward case of espionage. Who knows if that's the case? I do believe, and every indication that I get from my sourcing and that Merrick Garland is intent on actually indicting Donald Trump, that he's got no problem with doing it and he will do it. It's just a matter of time. You know, maybe we'd be further along if the regular media covered the fact that the president of the United States had this guy, Steve Bannon, as his primary strategist at the beginning of his presidency, and he's a Chinese agent. We've been saying it for a long time that Bannon's a Chinese agent, or at least an asset, and nobody else talks about this stuff. And why doesn't anyone else talk about this stuff? If you have a million dollar contract, with Guo Wengi, who's a Chinese spy, guess what? When you get a check with two commas in it, you're an agent. <laughs> they say, when well, you need a new sugar daddy. Yeah, sure, that sugar daddy happened to be a Chinese spy. And there's indications he was involved in espionage in the South China Seas. So this is the guy who was advising the president of the United States for four years, and no one has said a beep about it. Why hasn't the media been so much more vocal about China and about their influence over the White House? Ask those same people that are questioning Mary Garland's timeline. Ask them why they aren't talking about China as well, because I'd be very interested to know, because I haven't heard a beep from them either. Speaking yeah. of ant farms and influence, when I put something up about some ancillary character or some major like corporation. Lafarge was charged, and I haven't read the case yet. I don't know how they got venue in Eastern District of New York. This is a French concrete company that's going down for aiding terrorists in Syria. Somehow hmm. America's got the jurisdiction here and they've pleaded guilty. That's huge. And then when you push that out, you'll see these sort of bot looking accounts on Twitter where I spend a lot of time saying, arrest Trump, a giant Swiss construction company that owns this concrete subsidiary in France that has that was funding Bashar. For those guys to go down, it doesn't slake your thirst to drink Donald Trump's blood, but it means a lot to the Syrian kids who got gassed to death 
by these dictators. There's another interesting thing that we know about Steve Bannon. Remember Cleta Mitchell? Remember she was in business on this company that Bannon started called Citizens of the American Republic, which is how they laundered $2 million of build the wall money through. He is also then connected to Guo Wengi because guess what? It was his private planes that they used during the Citizens of American Republic to go on all their lobbying visits or tours. And they also, interestingly enough, got $2 million from somebody that they refused to say who it was. I bet my money, it's Guo Wengi, that gave them the $2 million to set up this company. And to make things even more interesting, guess what the movie is that they decided to produce out of the Citizens of American Republic, according to the tax filings they had. The movie was Trump at War and the Rise of Xi. <laughs> Welcome to China. I, it's just, you know, it's, it's so really, subtle. What could it be? Yeah. So Cleta Mitchell, what were you doing as the area of the citizens of the American Republic is potentially a Chinese Communist Party front by what? Steve Bannon. Dan Fluet, what's the guy's name? Dan Fluet, yeah. He's a Mercer no, guy, no. I think. And he's Robert Mercer's middleman money man to yeah. Bannon. So Mercer's got a China connection too? Mercer does have a China connection through Rentech. Actually, it's really interesting. I'll talk about it in another episode, but it's not just Russia. Bridge Analytica isn't just Russia? No. You know the answer to this. What I'm talking about, interesting connections to Steve Bannon, don't forget, Jeannie Thomas started an organization years ago called Groundswell, which basically set up the whole MAGA movement and the principles of the MAGA movement. Jeannie Thomas might want to explain why she was in bed with a Chinese agent and started this company with him so many years ago. And before I leave them behind, the Council for National Policy, where she was a board member, where Michael Flynn was also part of that. And he seems to have been in bed with Guo Wengi too. So a whole lot of China in the Trump White House. China's been at the heart of all of this for very long. And it's very instructive to know that because certainly when you look at the worldview with that in mind, and that the GOP is basically owned, it looks to me, by China. Well, that changes a whole lot of your coverage plans and your analysis. Three weeks to go, you know, you might want to factor in that China is a big player in the American political scene and maybe do as Eric has done in his neck of the woods and ask some questions about the Senate candidates in your neck of the woods. You know, how much China policy have they been pushing in their regions? We found out about Eric Schmidt that he had a background in pro-China policies. And that probably finds its way in, into Georgia, where we just mentioned Kemp seems to have approved of a lot of farmland being sold to China. Just how much American farmland has been sold to China in the last few years in America under the Republican Party? Thanks for watching Narrative. Please don't forget to join us at patreon.com forward slash narrative for 5 to $10 a month. You can keep reporting like this happening, which gives you a good defense of democracy and helps you secure your freedom going forward. Thank you for watching and good night, everybody. Every minute of Narrative's reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union.
And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative. Where truth lives.